0: financial advisor, Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to InvestTalk. It is Friday, November 4, 2022. November holds my my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. So the calendar doesn't lie. Three weeks from now, winter will be here, Thanksgiving's gonna be here, and we'll be moving on into the new year pretty soon. This year has been a pretty difficult year for the stock market pretty difficult winter is pretty you know it's been pretty cold here in southern california for us it's been pretty cold Uh, up in the bay Area, san francisco 62 degrees that's pretty cold memphis is 81 degrees that's warm this time of year new york 69 that's also warm for november pretty interesting but we're kind of it's been chilly for us chilly for us today was like 67 degrees in southern california so as an investor we are also aware that 2022 has been a pretty bad year pretty volatile market and you know I think the average portfolio is down between 20 and 30 percent people's portfolio that are invested in the market. So it's not been very good. you've, you've done better if you had uh, value stocks and commodity type stocks you would have be you know you still had losses but they're much less. but that's what we're dealing with everybody. just the way it is i'm steve Peasley. i'm here today to do this radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy of all the decisions you have to make sometimes the decision is not to make any decisions just leave it alone i look forward to talking to you about it i want to talk to you this is a 24 hour seven days a week call-in show and the number never changes it's always the same 888-99-CHART and of course i got a bunch of stuff to talk to you about my focus point today concerns U.S. payroll surge in October. What does that really tell us about the economy? You know what the Fed's trying to do, we all know that. Although the payroll numbers were better than expected, it marked the slowest pace of job gains since December of 2020. So the Fed is succeeding in slowing the economy. Now, how slow are they going to do Are they going to are they going to push it down? This is the problem when they have never well rarely have they gotten right of uh, stop pushing uh, up rates in time to avoid a, a recession and I'm pretty sure we're not going to avoid a recession kind of we were technically in a recession for two, two quarters in a row but didn't feel like it but we were but you know third quarter probably have growth so no we won't be three quarters in a row. Time permitting, I will also dig into some other topics. I wanted to talk about uh, the, uh, the payroll reports again, of course. But I want to talk about the layoffs at Twitter. Do you think that that's, uh, you know, Elon Musk closed the deal and bought Twitter, and he's laying off about half the people? But he's not alone. There's other tech companies that are doing the same thing. And did you see the Powerball? I mean, it is Friday. We talked a little bit about $1.5 billion with a B. What, do you, what would you do with all that money? It would be fun to explore that a little bit. Um, and finally, um, did you know that we, we mean the U.S., are we are by far the largest oil producer in the world? So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. We are. But... The oil industry is a very complex industry, and the whole system is difficult to figure out. So maybe we can clarify a little bit what's going on in there, why oil, why gasoline is high. Those are the things we want to talk about, everybody. But of course, you drive the show. It's wherever you want to take take me, take the show. You can ask any questions you want, as long as they're financial. I uh, see we have some voice bank questions ready to play. How to determine a company's debt, I want someone to talk about Advent Technologies Holdings. Also on the docket today, I will share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. That's coming up at the halfway point of the program. So I've got all this planned for the episode on this podcast, and I'm waiting for your live calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So how'd the market do today? We had a decent market. Dow was up 402 points. The Nasdaq up 132, and the S and P up 51. When the Fed announced their 0.75 percent increase, the market initially was started to rally on. It was starting to look pretty good, but then Chairman Powell in his in his uh, press conference said, "Oh, we're not done. We're not near done." The market turned around, fell fell hard. So, but it bounced back today, which I thought was significant. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I just think we're getting closer and closer to that bottom and that turning point. But, of course, the Fed is not helping us, are they? They really are not. Okay, let's go ahead and take our first live call today. Let's talk to John in Florida. I want to talk about McAdese. Hi, John.
2: Hi, Steve. Uh, thanks for the, uh, taking the call. I appreciate what you guys do. Um, I was calling about McDonald's. I'm um, uh, wondering what you guys think about it uh, and what a good entry point might be. Um, and I also had an idea for your show. I was thinking uh, everybody 's
0: been calling about
2: you and Justin having differing uh, points of view. I thought it might be neat if you guys had uh, time to do a show together uh, and take calls and questions and uh, give you different points of view. We can uh, do that. On the show of would be yeah
1: we 've yeah. done that in the past, and we kind of I kind of like the idea and we probably will I think that 's an excellent idea um yeah. Yeah, I'll talk to Justin, and we'll set up some time where we'll do the show together, I think. I think that'd be a good idea. So I, I think appreciate, that'd be neat. Yeah. Yeah, I pre- appreciate the suggestion. Uh, do you own McDonald's, or are you just thinking about buying it?
2: Uh, I was thinking about picking it up. Uh, you know, as things start to slow down, I think uh, people going out less, uh, turning to cheaper alternatives uh, like McDonald's, um, you know, if they're out and about. Uh
1: Isn't it funny how everybody badmouths with McDonald's and how the food is not the greatest, but McDonald's sells billions and billions and billions and continues to grow slowly because they can't do it. They're a $202 billion company. It can't grow fast. McDonald's has 40,031 restaurants, fast food restaurants, 40,000. Um, they're going to open 1,494 new ones. Uh, this year. I mean, this, that, you just can't beat their juggernaut of, of the food industry there. Um, the thing that I don't like about McDonald's is they only pay a 2.2% dividend. they never paid a really big dividend. And that, that I just don't like it. And their P.E. ratio is like a 27-28, and they have very slow growth. And the reason why it's high is because they're so steady as far as consistency. You know, in their earnings and growing their earnings, and they always grow their earnings every year. So the time to pick up in McDonald's is when it's down, and right now it's right near its top. I, I if I were you, I would see if we can get a, a nice little pullback in McDonald's. They had very good numbers, so they got down to two hundred thirty dollars and then popped up to two seventy within a month. This most recent month because they have pretty good numbers. So I like McDonald's. I think it would be a good, solid thing to have in your portfolio and just leave it alone. But you want to pick it up cheaper if you can. That would be my suggestion. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Nick in Los Angeles. Hi, Nick. Hey, Steve.
2: How you doing? Yeah. I, uh, I'm calling about – well, so I uh, recently got a couple dividend payments. From ah. some mutual funds, totaling right. about five thousand dollars. Okay. Very uh, concerned about the market right now, but obviously the market's down because treasury rates are up. Right. And I'm looking at the curve, looking at the short-term interest rates, and I see the the six six-month U.S. Treasury notes yielding around four and a half percent. And so I was thinking, if I on Monday, if I bought five thousand dollars worth of this six-month note. You know, come May, come May 7th, I should get my five grand back, plus about $200, $220. Right. Um, and I was wondering, could I just do this in my Fidelity brokerage account? Just uh, put in that symbol and just buy $5,000 worth, and that's how it'll work? Is that simple?
1: Uh, it's, it's it's not. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. You're looking at Treasuries yeah uh, yeah it's not that simple. you can call up fidelity and ask them how how you can get a hold of them um the treasuries, but most people go go directly to the federal government called federal uh, uh treasury direct that's what it's called treasury direct and you buy them directly from the government okay and you fill out the paperwork it's almost like an opening opening a new account and you fill out the paperwork okay. it's it's not complex, but you fill out the paperwork. And then what happens is they'll say, well, what? They'll ask for your account, your savings account, check account, and how much you want to buy for the next auction of two-year notes or whatever note you want, and you mark off the box, and they just take the money and buy it, and then they put the, the, the interest back in your account. And so now you have an account with Treasury Direct, and you can put money in that and ask to buy more and more in different kinds of bonds. So it's like setting up a whole new account. Um, okay. And fidelity so will help is,
2: My question is: within Treasury Direct, I have an account. I put in five thousand. In six month time, it should be five thousand two hundred something dollars. You know, five thousand plus four and a half percent.
1: Yeah, when you put it in there, they're going to ask you, "What do you want to buy?" And you have to pick your two-year Treasury, one-year, five-year, ten-year, and you know, whatever that bond pays is what you'll get. And then when it matures, you get the money back, all the money back in your account. What they will do, though, is ask, would you like to roll it over? So, like, if you had a two-year, when two-year gets close to expiring, they say, hey, you want to roll it over to another two-year? And you can hit a box, and it rolls over. Or they'll just send all the money back into your account. But you get paid the interest every, uh, every year. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. It's Friday, so the weekend's here. Uh, well, almost here. In the meantime, you just have a financial investment question you want answered. Give me a call. Remember, you set the agenda. 888 99 TART. This is Invest Talk.
3: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I
2: was curious if you still think aluminum
3: has a ways to go
2: from here? When do
4: I know the right time to take Profits.
2: Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here?
3: And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction.
2: I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot.
3: Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want.
4: I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on find better ways to use that money
1: i'm going with the odds i think a half position now at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it
4: don't
3: forget to call invest talk 99 chart
4: now each time i host the invest talk podcast i have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved if you've never called don't hold back. You can leave your invest talk questions on the 24/7 anytime listener line at 888-99 chart.
1: 888-992-4278. Okay, A US payroll surged 261,000 in October, better than expected as hiring, remain, hiring remains strong. So, non-f- non-farm payrolls grew by 261,000 in October, better than expected. The expectation was at 205,000. The unemployment rate moved higher, 3.7% from, uh, from like 35 or so. Um, so, and the, it's kind of interesting. It moved higher, and the participation rate, labor participation rate, uh, uh, grew higher too. So it's just a weird situation. Um, Big gainers in the job were in health care, professional and technical services, and leisure and hospitality. Our average hourly earnings rose four tenths of percent for the month. That's up 4.7% from a year ago. So salaries are creeping up, and that has been going on. What's interesting, if you look at a... Well, if you look at a one year chart month by month by month and look at the jobs, you can see there's a definitely trend downward for a number of new jobs. Even though we haven't we are still producing new jobs, but the trend is down. Um, and I think that that is pretty much a result of the Fed pushing a lot of pushing hard uh, interest rates higher. And you know, higher interest rates hurt the tech industry the most as far as um, investments because they borrow a lot of money to grow their companies. Anybody that borrows lots of money to grow their companies, higher interest rates hurts them the most because of costs. And I think that's, that's eventually, there's a turning point where, you know what, this is just not going to, it's going to roll over and hit us hard if the Fed gets this wrong. It's as simple as that. It's gonna it's going to do that if they get it wrong and they, they have a history of getting it wrong. That's just all it is. I'm not trying to bad mouth them about it. That's just true. We're moving into a break. Call me. I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART.
2: And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term.
3: Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888 chart Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments.
1: 99 chart. Looking forward to your calls. Okay, on Fridays I usually give you a quick rundown. I usually give you a quick rundown on the numbers, but first I'm gonna take a live call. Let's go to Matthew in Indiana. Hi, Matthew. Hey Steve. I was wondering what you thought about
2: uh Southern Copper for a commodities play right now, and now would be a good time to pick that up and uh, what an entry point would be on that. Pickers Uh, SCCO.
1: Okay, Southern Copper Corporation engaged in the mining of copper and operating mining, melting, refining facilities, Peru, Mexico. I like it. I, I think it's at a price that makes it very attractive. It's come down off its $80 price. That's where it seemed to have a lot of resistance. And now uh, it hit about forty-five dollars, and that seemed to be a spot where it was a lot of a lot of uh, support. And now here it is at fifty-three, coming off that. I, I kind of like the action of the chart, and they're going to make uh, the the negative thing is they're going to make four dollars and thirty-nine. They made four dollars and thirty-nine cents last year. This year, three and and they're estimated to make the two eighty-seven next year. So that's the negative part. Prices coming down. But they pay a 6.5% dividend, and that is not in danger. And if we get a turnaround, and I think it will, I don't think, you know, I, I, if you are patient, this is a good place to buy and hold on to this stock for a number of years. You're going to collect 6.5% on your money. And yeah, the stock will go up and down, up and down, but it has a more probability of going up over time than down. So why would you not want to take it? I mean, the return of equity is huge at 44%. They don't have a lot of debt. You know, management owns uh, about 1%. Mutual funds funds own 27%. And mutual funds have been buying this for a year. I kind of like it. I do. I think it's a good place to buy. Okay. Good luck with it, Matthew. So, as I said, on Fridays, we go down a quick rundown on the benchmark mark numbers for the various uh, benchmarks. So, a two-year Treasury is paying 4.67% yield. Can you believe that? Two, I mean, we haven't seen that in years. Years. Two years, 4.67%. Of course, you got inflation eating in it, right? eats all of it. But that's a huge jump. Just remember, 45 weeks ago, not even a year ago. They were paying 0.64%. Now, the 10-year Treasury is paying 4.17. 10-year is paying less than the two-year. 2 years paying higher than the 10-year. That's an inversion, the yield curve inversion. And that's pretty negative for the economy and has been that way for some time. It's going to be very difficult to avoid a painful recession, in my opinion. It's going to be difficult. Okay, gold was priced at 1673 an ounce, two weeks ago it was $1,652, it had a really nice day, up like 3% today, what was it, I was looking at it, it was up uh, 3.36% gold was up today. So we had a good day today, but gold has done virtually nothing this year, virtually nothing. Why? Because the dollar has been very strong. Why? Because the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates and attracting everybody to the dollar. You know, when I say everybody, I'm talking about the world economy, world governments. So, but I also noted that central governments around the world are also stocking up on gold. Interesting. So we'll see how that see how that plays out. Silver, twenty dollars and seventy four cents an ounce. Two weeks ago it was nineteen fifteen. Six weeks ago it was eighteen eighty five. Uh, so it's been moving up. So those are the precious. Metals and benchmark numbers for you. As I said at the top of the show, payrolls were up two hundred sixty-one thousand new jobs for October. They expected two hundred five, and week before, month before is three hundred fifteen thousand. So the unemployment rate is three point seven percent. They expected it to be three point five, and that was three point five a month ago. But I like the average hourly earnings. That was what really was nice. It's up. So that was a good thing, okay? Now on oil, <coughs> oil's still pretty high, $91.74 a barrel. Two weeks ago it was 84. So gasoline prices are not going to come down very much. The national average for a price a gallon is uh, gasoline is $3.79, down 3 cents compared to two, two weeks ago, excuse me. <coughs> 14 weeks ago is $4.25. So it is off its high. It is. In California, of course, we live in a different world out here. Our average gasoline is $5.40. You know, two weeks ago, it was $5.83 a gallon. So we always pay more here. You know, and there's really no good reason for that other than legislation and and, 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 uh, regulations. That's all that is. It just, it, we shouldn't have to pay this much, but we do. Anyways, Iowa, you know how much they pay? Yeah, well, $3.56. Oh well, I don't live in Iowa. We're moving into a break. I will be sharing highlights from the newest KPP Premium newsletter. That's coming up soon. So hang on. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart.
3: Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask you opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay
2: fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right
1: term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price.
3: What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk.
4: 888-99-CHART. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The stock market
3: is volatile, it's constantly changing, so how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hey,
2: my name is John Wesley, and I was just wondering, if you got to talk about Anvent Technologies, ADN. It was a SPAC, which all companies and SPACs got destroyed, but they have 782.1 million grant from Europe for the next six years.
1: hey that's it oh, i was waiting for the question uh advent technologies adn provides high temperature protein exchange mem uh, membranes and uh, htpm based membrane electrode assemblies exactly i have no idea what that means but they lose money they've always lost money they've never made any money it's a 106 million dollar company so it's a micro cap a very small company uh The good thing is they at least have sales and they are growing their sales. This most recent quarter, they grew sales to 2.2 million from the quarter before that was 1.3. So they do have sales, but they don't have profits. They're not going to make money next year or the year after. Management owns 25% of the company. So it depends on, you know, it depends on what their growth prospects are. And I'd have to do a lot of research. It's a $2.07 stock. But it's hard to value it until they make money. How do you value a stock until it makes money? It's difficult. Many of these small companies don't make it. So you know, don't don't just don't think that you know it's cheap at two dollars and seven cents that you're going to make money. That's not necessarily so. So I wouldn't be a buyer of it. Cash flow is negative sixty three cents a share. It's just not it's just not strong enough for me. I I would not do that. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed tomorrow morning, you know, as we normally do every week. In the market conditions section, I explain the Federal Reserve announced on Wednesday that the federal fund's target rate would increase by 0.75% to a target of 3.7.5% to 4%, the highest level since 2008, January 2008. The increase of 0.75 basis points, or 7, 0.75%, was already expected in the market. And that's why the market initially rallied. So stocks initially, following the announcement, rallied. Okay, But during the Powell, Chairman Powell's news conference, the market tried to gauge whether the Fed thinks it's implementing a less restrictive or more restrictive policy. And the market decided, uh-uh, turned it right around. Stocks fell sharply after the initial rally. Bonds bounced back. Traders on Thursday extended bets that rates will stay higher for longer. Derivatives market bets show that traders now think the Fed's benchmark will be re- raised to 5% next year. A month ago, the best guess was a peak about 4.5%. So now the market got, has to get used to that idea, has to settle into the prices at a higher you know, benchmark rate. Private payroll growth in October, as I mentioned before, was pretty darn good. Um, And, you know, ADP, the private sector payroll people, said that there was a 239,000 jobs posted. But, as I said, the official posted numbers were much higher than that at 261. Remember, the official includes government jobs, layoffs and hires, whereas the ADP is just private sector. Wages increased 7.7% in the annual basis, on, a, on an annual basis uh, from the previous month. Now, that's private payrolls, right? And there's a lot more, a lot more detail in the newsletter. The stock ideas section we highlighted a company that provides a range of products and services to customers. The products offered through its stores include merchandise and content that it purchased, purchased for resale. Plus, products offered by third-party sellers. It also manufactures and sells electronic devices. It's currently trading at $90 a share and could fall further. It has strong support around the 80s. And we'll see that support level probably come in. We probably will. Of course, we name names in the newsletter. We always do. There's always two two stock ideas in the newsletter. And not necessarily stocks. Sometimes it's ETFs. You know, or, you know, it's not always just stocks. And these are just ideas to put on your, uh, you know, put on your watch list. And we looked at the world's largest non-alcoholic beverage company was the second idea. It has a robust, robust portfolio of 200 brands covering an array of categories, including carbonated soft drinks, water, sports, energy, juice, and coffee. Together with bottlers and distribution partners, the company sells, you know, more than two hundred in in more than two hundred different countries, so it's quite large. If you are a long-term blue chip investor, then this stock should be on your watch list. Near-term pressures remain, so investors must use caution when looking to start a position. And again, as I said, we always name names. You know, it's 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 there in the newsletter. Okay. You can subscribe. All you have to do is go to investtalk.com. That's investtalk.com with two T's. Investtalk.com. Okay, we are the world's largest oil producers in the United States. How much does that mean? Well, how much? What is it? It's eight, We produce 18.8 million barrels of oil. Barrels of oil. 18.8 million barrels of oil. Saudi Arabia, 10.84 million. Okay? We use... 20.54 million. Now, so you, a simple math tells you, well, we're just short. We're short a couple of million barrels. We need to get that from somewhere, right? It's not that simple because oil has different qualities. You got light, sweet crude, you got medium crude, you got heavy crude, and each one of those has to be refined at different places. In some countries, like coming out of Saudi Arabia, it's usually all light, sweet. Coming out of Parts, most of Texas, it's sweet, but like the oil sands in Canada is not. It's very sour, that's the term they use. So, you know, we, it's it's very um, difficult what price is set for what oil. Also, Saudi Arabia, a uh, cost to get it out of the ground is like $31 a barrel, where it costs from, let's say, uh, uh, our, some of our oil fields are costing around $43 a barrel. Okay, so, you know, ours costs more to get out of the ground. Labor costs or whatever. It, 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 it's a very complex system, this oil extraction. And when you have any interruptions in the system, it, it reverberates throughout the whole industry. So, when I say that, let's say... You know, uh, let's say that the oil companies have all these leases on government land to explore for oil. Then, with a new regime, they, those, le- those leases either get cut or short or expire, and they don't get new leases. And they know that, right? The oil companies and the oil industry know that. This affects their money where they're going to put their capital expenditures. And so it can't just turn on a dime. Well, you know, what do you need then to pump more oil? It, it starts years before to get the new oil pumping. With, so it's a very complex international system. It's just not. Now I'm, not I'm not a pro-oil company guy. I am not. I'm not anti-oil company guy either. I'm just trying to explain how difficult it is, and you can't. You know, politics gets in the way and say, well, just pump more oil. You just can't turn on a spigot. That, that's not how it works. It just doesn't work that way. You know, it takes time and effort. So let's pivot to an Investor viewpoint question that came in earlier. You know the number, 888-99-CHART.
2: My name is Dan. My
3: question was um, how you guys determine when you say that a company has a lot of debt or it doesn't have much debt. How do you determine that? Thank you.
1: Okay. Uh, well, we have software that gives us that. We buy software and we get that number from them. We we don't really, and especially here on the air, we have to go by what other companies provide us as far as information on it. So, um, you know, there's different kinds of debt a company has: long-term debt, short-term debt, and some companies the debt is beneficial, and some companies it's detrimental. It's not, if this was simple, it would make my life easy, all right? It is not simple. So, for instance, uh, AdVac Technology, a company that doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't make any money, oh, I, I, they are totally, totally in debt. How much in debt, I don't see it on my systems. But if I go to like a Ford Motor Company, you know, just to pick a company, I can see they have 182% uh, uh, debt. They have lots of debt. On a Ford Motor Company, and while they, and this has never made sense to me, if you care, if you have so much debt, why are you paying a dividend? Wouldn't you want to pay off the debt so you don't have that expense? You know, and car companies always have had debt. Always, tech companies usually don't. A lot of them don't. When they're successful, they don't. Uh, but they do have a lot of debt when they're trying to grow and trying to get started. And there's a lot of debt they got to borrow. So. Debt is an issue that you need to study it, and where you get the numbers. Well, they're all over the internet, but you got to also determine what kind of debt. If you have a company that borrows money and lends it out, like a bank, them having debt is a good thing. See, it's not. It's just it's it's a complex system, everybody. The seasons are changing. Many parts of the country, especially in the West, are dipping into the forties and thirties overnight. Now, so winter's coming, but only this but but the only stock market forecast we can make with any assurance is that we're almost guaranteed we're gonna have more volatility. That's all we can we can't tell I can tell you winter's coming, but I can't tell you what the market's gonna do, but we'll get more volatility, that I can tell you. Now, volatility does not mean a bad thing. We have had lots of down volatility this year. It's been a pretty bad market year. But volatility also breeds opportunity. And you have to be ready for it. You have to think about it. All those companies you've been watching and like and been saying, I would like to own that company. Now that it's cheap enough, are you going to buy it now? You, You might get opportunities. That's what I mean by opportunities to do that. Don't be afraid of it, as long as you've done your homework and it's a good, solid company. Now, here at KPP Financial, we like to think that we we buy these companies when we think there's an opportunity. We buy them for ourselves, just like we do for our clients. We buy the same stock, same price, same time. We want to be on the same side of the table as our clients. That's our goal. So all our investment strategies, we call it parallel investing, by the way, but all our investment strategies, you know, every one of them, we try to participate exactly with our clients, same, same way, because I think that's the only way to go about doing it. I don't like to tell people, you go buy that, and I won't. Why not? If I thought it was a good idea, why wouldn't I buy it? So we try to do that, and we make a very strong effort to do that. Uh, I think after speaking with Justin and I here at KPP Financial in Irvine, California, I think you'll, get, you'll have an understanding of how we're a little bit different than everybody else. Um, You know, we will will take a look at your portfolio for free. Everybody will do that. That's nothing new. We also give you some guidance. What we do that might be different than other people do is that we'll try to determine how much risk you're taking in your portfolio and how much risk you want to take and make sure it matches up, that you're not taking more or less risk than you really want to take or should take. And we'll even guide you uh, after talking to you for a while how much risk we think you should take. I mean, I've, I, have take, I have turned down clients because I think they want to take too much risk for the, where they are in life and what their financial condition is. You, you know, I've had clients, uh, prospective clients come in and say, well, I'm borrowing money on my credit card and I want to invest it. I would never take that on as a client. Way too expensive money. So there's, so this, these are the kinds of things we can talk to you about if you give us opportunity to do so. We want to talk to you. We want to help you. We'll help you. So go to InvestTalk.com, hit the Contact Us button, send us an email, give us a call in our Irvine's office. Any way you want to contact us, you can. It's pretty simple. Okay? I've told you often that we get InvestTalk questions from all over the world. This next one came in from a listener from Denmark. Hello, InvestTalk. This is Yannick from Denmark. I uh, I would like to ask you about the stock
3: MKL. Marco Co. It's owned by Berkshire Hathaway. It's an insurance company. But I was wondering, um, they have so low earnings. So they have a PE ratio of above 400. Well, I was interested in this stock since Berkshire Hathaway bought it. Would like to hear your opinion.
1: Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, Berkshire Hathaway is a value investor, right? He doesn't like to overpay um Overpay for stocks, and I'm not sure where you're getting that P/E ratio from, because when I do the P/E ratio, I get 14.5. It's a $1,211 per share stock. It's Merkel. M uh, MKL. The symbol offers specialty insurance products and programs for niche markets, and also writes treaty reinsurance. Do you know what treaty reinsurance contracts? That's treaty reinsurance is insurance. That insures other insurance companies. It's a treaty between insurance companies. So they write insurance to insure other countries, other companies, other insurance companies. They're going to make $82.99 in 2023 after making $61.91 this year. Last year they made $176 a share. And these treaty reinsurance specialty, prosperity, casualty insurance companies. They operate that way. One year, they can lose tons of money. Another year, they make tons of money. So it's, it's, it's a more volatile section of the insurance industry. So, you know, it depends. depends. Uh, they don't pay a dividend, but it's all about trying to grow the stock price. Uh, I think it's probably a little too risky for most people. It's a $16 billion company. Probably leave that to the experts like Warren Buffett. On the next Invest Talk story behind the question, could a classification system impose order on the expanding crypto universe? Legislation's covered. That's Monday. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 99Chart.
3: This is Invest Talk. Hey,
2: is it a good time to buy a house or should I wait until Mm 2023? Thank you so much. Bye.
1: Well, you know, buying a house or your home is such a personal thing. It's very difficult to answer you specifically. But if we're going to answer generally, I would say you wait. Why? Well, interest rates are going to go up, mortgage rates are going to go up, and waiting doesn't help you there. It really doesn't. Unless you have lots of money to put down or you can pay cash, then it doesn't. you don't care. But mortgage rates are going to go up. But at the same time, we're moving from a seller's market to a buyer's market, meaning there's going to be a lot more models for sale, a lot more houses to look at, and you're going to have better pricing. You'll have, you know, your your buyer, and there are gonna be a lot of houses on the market, and sellers are gonna have to lower their prices to get their house sold. So, if I was in the market for a home for myself, I would probably wait, okay, knowing full well that I'm gonna pay a really high mortgage rate than it was before, and at the same time, also knowing that I'm gonna refinance that mortgage rate downward once rates start to come off again. Now I don't think we're going to see rates, mortgage rates, low as we had before, three and a half. I don't see that for years and years and years and years. I don't see that. But I think you know I could easily come down from where it is. But I think it's going to go up first. So it's it's really a personal thing. If you have lots of cash, yeah, I'd wait. I we would definitely wait. Okay. Okay. Um. Twitter laid off 3,700 of their 7,500 workforce. And of course, you know, Elon Musk wants to change the tenor of Twitter. We all know that. And so now he's the owner and he can do whatever he wants. Remember, he's a pretty smart guy. But don't think Twitter is the only one that's being laid off in the tech companies. Uh, um, Amazon's going to be laying off Qualcomm's laying off Snap is going to be laying off Meta is going to be laying off All these people have hinted And announced layoffs In that tech sector So don't think uh, Twitter's the only one Twitter just happens to be In the headline news There's going to be a lot more Powerball is supposed to be over 1.5 billion dollars Playing the lotto Powerball Next draw is Saturday, everybody, of course your odds of winning are minuscule. I don't I don't play it myself. I like to play with the idea of what would I do with one point five billion dollars. One point five billion dollars. I mean after you paid off everybody's houses that your relatives and friends that you want, after you bought whatever you want, you're gonna have one point four billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not you really got to think about that, and I would set up myself I would set up some charitable uh institutions you know I would that that's kind of how I would do it. I would set up my own hire some bunch of attorneys and pay, put money into those causes I really believe in you know, and that's how I would do it, but it's always fun to fantasize how you were going to do it okay so maybe we could, Maybe we can fit one more question in before we have to go over the day. So let's go ahead and try to do that.
2: Hi Justin, this is Glenn in San Francisco. I just wanted to check in with you about the pullback in EQT. Bought it a few months back at 40, it shot up to close to 50, now it's back to 38 and just wanted to see what you thought was driving this
1: and whether this is a buying opportunity or just a hold. Thank you. I think it's a buying opportunity. EQT Corporation engaged in exploration, production, and distribution of natural gas, oil to wholesalers, retailers, and customers. It's a $15 billion company. They made $0.93 a share in 2021. 2022, the estimate is $4.06. Next year, it's going to be $9.18, and it's a $41 stock. So, you're talking about 5 PE. Never been that low. Never. So I kind of I, I would take a look at the debt, but doesn't look like it has a lot of debt. I take a look at other things, but it, the, the looks pretty attractive to me. I don't like the return of equity is only three percent. So there's something on there, going on there that we need to look. We need to take a look. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Out program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free download podcasts. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Your positive ratings helps helps our prof- helps our profile. We really appreciate that. We're up to uh, forty six point eight million downloads, people. Thank you very 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 much. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.